0: Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special update for you on Skywatch TV's charitable ministry, Whispering Ponies Ranch, where lost and hurting children come to the theater of the outdoors and experience God's love, hope, rehabilitation, and an introduction to His Son, Jesus Christ. The founders of Whispering Ponies Ranch join us right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Skywatch TV. I'm Joe Artis Horn. Today, we have a very special update for you on our charitable ministry, Whispering Ponies Ranch. But before we get into the context of this program, let me introduce the founders. Dr. Thomas Horn. And of course, my mother, Miss Juanita Horn. I have had the honor and privilege of being raised up under both of you, and I've known for decades your heart for children. And anybody that visits Whispering Ponies Ranch that gets to see a snapshot of how that manifests every summer season with the young people that come to Whispering Ponies Ranch for rest, hope, and rehabilitation in the forms of hospice-trained therapeutic ponies, Zip lines, indoor swimming pools. Mm-hmm. I often joke they're building like a, a theme park. It started off supposed to be a rehabilitation <laughs> campground, <laughs> is turning into uh, versions of Knott's Berry Farm now. If you've ever been there to see the great outdoors, uh, the the Western World themed mechanics and things like this. So. I don't know that there will be an, an end cap to this, Tom. The vision just seems to grow and grow and grow, and every year there's new additions and new amenities and like our brand new playground last year. Yeah. And I'm not joking. My father has now added animatronics. If you've ever been to some of these theme parks where they have like Western world theme, you know, loggers moving and you know hatcheting wood, and, um, it's, it's really blown up. But here's the thing, all of that aside, the reactions from these children who have, have lived so many years either indoors or in isolation or, or have experienced abuse in every unimaginable capacity where the darkest parts of human hearts has manifested in fits of outrage and abuse, It's indescribable. If you don't see this face to face, what God does at Whispering Ponies Ranch, it's really difficult to encapsulate Mm -hmm. in a program like this. But for those unfamiliar, Tom, many of our viewers have followed our ministry for years. They're very familiar with what happens at Whispering Ponies Ranch. But if you're out there for the first time today and you're just scrolling social media and you learn about this place called Whispering Ponies Ranch, tell us just a little bit about what it is and its mission to serve children.
1: Yeah, so you know Joe, that this started years ago when our whole family was doing this project for the Oregon District Assemblies of God uh rebuilding Camp Davidson. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I had pastored for many years and we had sent kids in our uh you know in our churches to different camps, youth camps, but I wasn't personally familiar with what is called Royal Family Kids Camps. And, you know, that's where we were exposed to them. And you'd watch these busloads of kids coming in. Mm-hmm. And when they're first arriving at camp, they look terrified. They look afraid. Some of them are physically ill right? Um, because they're so scared. And what you learn is that these are kids that have been rescued out of abuse, in some cases severe. Like Wayne Tesh, the founder, says these are kids whose nightmares are real, right? Yep. Locked in cages, beat with uh, bicycle, bicycle chains. chains. Just the terrible stuff. Uh, And of course, Samantha Orr is with us today and she'll talk later uh, about her experiences. But it got in our heart. And Ned and I resolved when we left Camp Davidson that if we were given the opportunity, we were gonna buy land and we were gonna develop that land and become the benefactors. Of Royal Family Kids camps, because the miracle of what happens with these abused children and the fact that they finally find a home in the people that they meet there. So, you know, yeah. the, the different camp counselors, some of them play the role of aunt or uncle or whatever. So, that is what we decided to do. We were going to come here, we were going to build this facility, and unlike the other places where these camp kids have tried to go in the past, we make everything available at no cost whatsoever. Right. right. I've gotten comments myself
0: at our banquets and our camps every year, because I'm still running a lot of the the recreational programs every year. Guests, counselors, they come in and they marvel at the fact that places that they had stayed before um, may be a harmonious atmosphere of ministry, but they're still paying a -hmm. considerable amount. We're going to talk about some of those needs in just a minute, Tom. To be able to camp there where, again, your vision was always that through the partnership of our viewers and supporters, Mm -hmm. and of course, uh, more than you would ever publicly disclose, my parents have also at the very least matched and often made up and just curated the budget so that the camp would have what it needs out of their own endeavors like Defender Publishing and so forth. Um, But Nita, want to talk just briefly about the horses, because people might be wondering, "Okay, that looks amazing i 'm seeing some video on the screen of these kids playing in the swimming pools, et etc, but horses what what 's the point of a horse what 's the point? Why incorporate animals and then label them therapeutic animals what What do the animals do for these children that is unlike maybe what a counselor might be able to do early on during their experience
2: well there's a lot of therapeutic value that these animals can convey both mutual to the children and so. But the one I like to think about and would hone in on is trust,
1: mm-hmm. building
2: trust, because these are kids who are broken, mm-hmm. they don't trust anybody or anything or anyone. Mm-hmm. They don't even know if trust even exists anymore. Right. But these little animals are so unassuming whenever they approach and the animals give affection back, mm-hmm. these animals aren't asking anything nefarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just loving on these little kids and they respond to that. And that, that's the first step in rebuilding trust in anything not only are they talking to their counselors, they're talking to each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They are also, when we're we're doing our little pony carts, they'll start talking little things to us, little things. And that's a step towards a better, bigger thing. For sure. So it's that first little step that breaks that quiet. It's an icebreaker. It is. It's a great, Mm -hmm. great way to put that.
1: And and there are just numerous studies in psychology, psychiatry, showing the benefits of using our little furry friends, right? Yes. It really is something that breaks down walls and barriers and helps those right. kids to open up. They'll share their secrets with a pony. They do. Right, with, before they'll open up yeah. to share with a counselor. Right, they right. Do. To watch a child
0: that shows up on Monday totally emotionally shut down, unwilling to talk to any counselor, or their idea of a counselor, some of the counselors in other endeavors that have worked with them, they've got a, a negative stigma attached. Mm-hmm to the idea of leader or counselor or pastor or whatever. And what's cool with royal family kids is they use a lot of really neat psychological applications like not calling their counselors counselors, but calling them uncle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or if you're a senior volunteer, maybe it's grandma or grandpa. So it's it's always focusing on reinforcing the family construct as opposed to these almost Mm -hmm. governmental agency type titles or applications. So they've thought through this program so thoroughly, Nita. The use of therapeutic animals, these children will come in on Monday, be very shut down, Mm -hmm. and it's like Tom describes, uh, in the presence of an animal, they'll start to whisper. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. There's that title, Whispering Whispering Tony's (laughs) Ranch. If you wondered what some of the layers to the meaning behind that was, they'll start to whisper their innermost secrets or some of the abuses that they've experienced to an animal. But pretty soon, because the grandma or the uncle, the counselor is in Mm -hmm. proxy, they'll start to ask that helper questions about the pony. Right. Yeah. What does it like to eat? What does it like to do? Does yep. it like it when I scratch right here? You know, that kind of stuff. Okay. So now they're talking yeah. to the very people that are there to help them. Exactly. Um, and Tom, we're always expanding. So we've recently brought on a whole new adventure with Teens Reach. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so what Teens Reach do, and they actually grew out of the Royal Family Kids Camps, but what they recognized was that some of these kids will come back year after year. There's also follow-up mentoring that's happening with the kids. So they, they start getting invested, but then they age out at 11 years of age from Royal Family and there was nowhere for those kids to go, and it's really sad. We've right. we've seen the kids when they're leaving the right. camp. I yeah. don't want to go. You know, they come there, they fall in love. And this uh, is at
2: a time in their life when they really, really need the mentoring because they're yeah. going yes. into that yeah. teenage awkward teenage age. Mm-hmm. They need this more than ever now. So,
1: so there was amazing. a couple that was working in uh, Royal Family Kids Camps. They recognized that need and they went to the Royal Family and right. said, "Can we do this? Could we partner with you?" And they said, "Yes." So they expanded. Uh, Teen Reach picks up the kids when they age out of royal family kids and they go in at at late 11 or uh, early 12 years of age into Teen Reach and now we're running both of those camping operations. These again are still kids that have been abused but now they're in their teen or they come in in their teens but and now there's an organization. So we're ministering to them now at so many
0: different years during their developmental
1: and formative
0: years all the way up through teenage life now and for those unfamiliar, I can tell you that if you're wondering why a zip line? Why build a playground? Why have an indoor pool? Those are fun amenities, but isn't it excessive to have so many? Like how many amenities does a child need to play with during the course of their week at camp? But I can tell you that there are, again, applications that deal with the psychology of rehabilitation yeah. attached to each one of these. And I'll just throw out one very fast example, and then we're gonna talk briefly about the importance of food service. Let's just look at the zip line for just a moment. And the way we've built ours is very measured because we understand who the audience we're trying to serve is. Yeah. This is not a 60 foot plunge like the one that Jamie Calmer, and I <laughs> 20 years ago had to work up at Camp Davidson. This is very much designed for those who are already apprehensive or may struggle with trust. Yeah. Getting a child to come up to the crow's nest, we call it, which is the platform where they dismount. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that child has to choose to be able to zip. Yeah. Yep. I don't push them. There's no ejector lever, <laughs> which means they have to trust me. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have to trust the equipment. Yes. And I would say out of 10 children for at least two or three of these, it is going to be a severe level of apprehension. Yes. And then a mix of four to five that it takes a minute to go, but they're kind of hanging with it. Very few go up and within the first 30 seconds, let me add it, let me add it, let's go, let's go. <laughs> but the lessons in terms of trust trust mm-hmm. the equipment, trust your own decision-making. That's sometimes, big one. Mm-hmm. sometimes when a child has been coerced into something they're not comfortable with, right. the lesson at the zip line when they are apprehensive and unwilling to do it is to say, it's okay, little Billy. If this isn't something you want to do, I respect that decision. And I'm so yep. proud of you Absolutely. for coming up here, even to think the process through. Yep. You took yep. a bird's eye look at what it looks like Absolutely. up here on the platform. Everybody give Billy yes. a big, you know, Yep. So Billy goes back down, and he's he's 10 feet tall, even though in yep. terms of conventional wisdom, the people that don't understand the zipline on the outside might look at that experience and go, well, Billy didn't zip. You're you're missing (laughs) the point. Absolutely. Billy got to choose for himself what he was comfortable with,
1: set a boundary, and say no. That's right. Yes. Yes, I love it.
0: (laughs) Catherine, very quickly, another part of what we do at Whispering Ponies Ranch that's so important that people might take for granted, again, I'm familiar with why we do what we do with our programs, food service. Yeah. A lot of these children come in, and you might see video of the camp and think, okay, well, it's chicken nuggets and tater tots. It's camp food. (laughs) There's a reason why we go out of our way to make this a culinary delight for yeah. every child, isn't there?
3: Yes, absolutely, because so many of the kids, some of their abuse is just neglect. So that means maybe there's not enough food in the home or the food is expired or rotten. There's there's a whole bunch of things like that. And then sometimes the only food they get is when they're at school and the right. backpack program you guys need to get involved with backpack programs. those are amazing as well, but sometimes that 's the only food that they get to eat on the weekends because again there 's just no money in the home there 's just nothing there for them to eat so food is huge, so we try to have fresh fruit at every single meal. we try to have a big salad bar, and some of the kids don 't even know what a full salad bar looks like you know yeah. they 're used to iceberg lettuce, and we try to make it really fun and happy and the kids love it. Like we were setting some of the food out and one of the kids like, "What is all this?" I'm like, "This is your salad bar. <gasps> I can have anything I want." <laughs> <No way. laughs> like, "Yes, you can have anything you want." So and and we try to we have to keep it a little bit institutional just because they are so used to school lunches right. and sometimes that is the only food, so sometimes if it's not in a package, they're they apprehensive it, right? of it. Yes. Yeah. So we have to keep, you know, just regular peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in case they are scared of the food. Yeah, but sad. usually by the end of the week, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I can eat pretty much anything th- that I want. So it's a very, very cool. Another part of the ministry. Plus, some of the kids don't maybe get three meals a day. Well, at camp, they get three meals a day and usually at least one to two snacks per day. Yeah. So it, they get fed, and they get fed very, they do. very well.
0: And nobody frowns on these children that want to what you might consider um, hoard something. Yeah. If a child is, is brave enough to take a little packaged uh, power bar or a protein mm-hmm. bar and slip it in... A, There's, there's, there's absolutely almost no acknowledgement that it even happens, other than we support them because they are they are so accustomed at home to not being fed regularly. This is a this is not another layer where they're going to be disciplined at the camp. Does that make sense? Yes. So we're just happy that they're eating, and we've had kids shut down to the point where they will not stare in the face and eat a a rotisserie chicken with all of the delicious sauces and culinary uh, efforts by the they won't eat it because all they ever known is rotten food. Mm -hmm. All they've ever known is expired things that make them sick. So if it's not a a commercially sealed package, they won't eat it. We we have got to move on. But I want to introduce a very special guest Mm -hmm. and abuse survivor. And to me, a a personal hero and one of the most important um, interviews in our upcoming Rescue Us documentary series that's Mm -hmm. coming later this year, which is, I promise, going to break television. Miss Samantha Orr. We're not going to be able to do her incredible testimony through years of having to survive some of the most horrific types of abuse in this episode. But again, Rescue Us, the documentary series is coming, and I highly encourage you to check it out when it's revealed later this year. But Samantha, you're not only one of the feature interviews of that series... And I've heard your testimony, I've heard the long version, and it is, it is gut-wrenching, but also very inspiring, and also a great display of what the power and restorative yeah. um, abilities of Jesus Christ can do when he finally gets a hold of a young child.
3: Yeah.
0: But you as a child eventually found yourself at a royal family kids camp, much like the ones that we're talking about today that happen every year at Whispering Ponies Ranch. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up at a royal family kids camp, and what impact it had on your life.
4: Ending up at camp was a surprise to me. I didn't know it existed, and uh, Mm -hmm. it was a miracle that leading up the few days before camp, that two spots opened up, and the caseworker for the church in the camp knew my sister and I needed to be at camp. So she Mm -hmm. filled out the application. She interviewed us and got us to camp. And I was the nervous kid on the bus. I was terrified. (laughs) Um, I didn't know what camp was. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, who these people were. And um, it's because of the abuse I suffered at the hands of my mother, my father, my stepfather, my siblings. I didn't know if I was going to be safe. And I didn't know if I was going to have the food or the fun activities. But camp opened up my eyes to realize that I could be a normal kid Mm -hmm. and that I could do fun things. I could learn to swim. I could learn to paint. I could learn to play and run outside with other kids. Mm -hmm. And it was just a chance for me to notice and realize that what I grew up with wasn't normal, but the other kids around me, that we could support each other, that we could talk about it and that we could move on. And it was just camp made it to where I knew that there was more for me than what I had survived from.
0: What do you think a ministry like royal family kids, when we partner with Whispering Ponies Ranch and we bring these kids to what Wayne Tesh calls the theater of the outdoors and we show them love and rehabilitation, we get that question a lot. What can one week of camp actually do for a child that you may never see again? Mm -hmm. What what can be the impact of that?
4: For normal people that haven't suffered trauma, they are When they think of just a random week in the summer, they try to think of fun vacations. For a foster kid, this is the first time that they have been told that they're beautiful or that they're handsome Mm. or that they are loved, and it's actually shown. And my first week at camp, that Friday came, and I was sad to go home because I didn't know if I was ever going to see these people again. Mm. And then all year, that's all these kids think about is when can I go to camp? When can I see these people? When can I see my friends and my family? Camp Mm -hmm. becomes our family. And so if they only go one week that's great. If they go five years, that's even better. But they carry those memories into adulthood and then they try to come back and volunteer. And if you talk to foster kids that were there, they (laughs) still have something from camp, a t-shirt, a Bible, a piece of artwork, a letter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It completely changes their outlook because it's the first time Mm -hmm. anyone has told them that they are special and it's groundbreaking news for them.
1: And and isn't that where you met the woman who would become your adopted mother? Yes, (laughs) it was. Camp
4: brought me to my mom and then my family, and it it is a miracle that that happened. And I'm forever thankful that she was there.
0: It's a story that deserves so much more time than what we're able to offer in this particular segment. Ladies and gentlemen, last year we had a banquet we hosted for all of our sponsors and our donors, and we asked some of them what they thought of the work that was being done through Royal Family Kids mm-hmm. and also Whispering Ponies Ranch. Let's take a look.
1: Well, it's an interesting uh, um, question because everyone's trying to figure out what's relevant today. And... We don't want to actually lay down the truth. And one of the things that we found with your ministry and Skywatch and, you know, the things that you guys are doing here, you're actually making a difference.
3: Anything that has to do with uh, the Bible, horses and kids, sign me up. So I think there's a lot of benefit to being out in God's creation.
1: Because children are being helped. People are coming to faith in Christ. They're getting ministered to. They're getting the opportunity to have a Christ encounter.
2: But when I say what you're doing for these children... I really support you, that's why. I support Whispering Ponies Ranch because it's part of the whole that the Horn family have um, invested in. And
4: it's a worthy cause, you know, making sure that the kids have the therapy that they need in order to be able to live life to the capacity that God wanted for them originally.
2: Because first of all, I was a foster child when I was young. Um, and as an adult, I actually had a foster daughter, and just so happened, simultaneously, I got my first
4: horse. Well, my wife and I support Whispering Ponies Ranch because we believe in the work that they're doing for children, and you know, God moves through so many different ways to help these children. And honestly, I, I can't think of any other better organization that we could, that we can. Uh, help with. We know that investing in these children's lives can create a generation that is on fire for Christ and creating good, healthy relationships with our mental health and everything. So, We support Whispering Ponies Ranch for all that they do for children. Um, I think that what they're doing for children through a biblical lens um, is something unique. John and I
2: support Whispering Ponies Ranch because there is nothing no one anywhere more endangered and yet more helpless than children. Whispering Pony's ranch is worthy of our support because of the wonderful work it does with traumatized and abused children,
3: which is something that has always been very near and dear to my heart. Anything. I believe he
2: can do anything. Uh, most of all, he gives people hope. And when people have hope, the Holy Spirit can come and whisper things to their heart, and God can do miracles.
1: I think he's able to save children. I think he's able to rescue them. I think he's able to minister to them, bring life to them, give them hope, give them a bright future, uh, and interact with their hearts, their minds, their souls, as well as their bodies. God can
2: bring hope and life to the children. I got a glimpse of that with working with the kids' camp this summer. And I still have their names in my Bible.
4: Having an opportunity like this makes a world of difference in these kids' lives, not just not just for the summer, but for like the rest of their lives, whatever seed you can plant in these children to help them grow in whatever walk with God or just bring some kind of some kind of joy to get them through the next summer. This can change a whole generation. We have a generation of kids that have probably experienced a lot of trauma that are coming here. And if it weren't for a place like this that's helping them heal and learn that God can help them and, and can be the healing that they need, that it can grow families and generations to come. Ultimate healing, whether it be working through and finally dealing with their trauma or overlapping it with such good memories that they have of the ranch, of the ponies, of horses, of all the animals here.
2: It does a lot, probably a lot more than I can even think of, but it,
4: it definitely is a great thing for these children. I think the possibilities are endless. I really do. I think that um, God is doing amazing things through not only Skywatch but Whispering Ponies. It's a privilege to know that it exists. It's a privilege to support it and encourage other people doing
2: the same kinds of things because it's needed all over the world. We're living in desperate times. These children need this ministry. But once they're through and God is with them, then the world is theirs.
0: Welcome back to Skywatch TV. I'm Joe Artis Horn. What a meaningful montage of thoughtful commentaries from some of the people who have seen Whispering Ponies Ranch up close, and they've been there to see what's going on between the animals and the children and the work that God is doing there, Tom. Very quickly, before we run out of time, though, we cannot do this without the wonderful support yes. of our viewers and donors. And what a lot of people I'm sure are <laughs> experiencing themselves and other ministries are realizing, the cost of everything has more than doubled. We're being hit very hard in the departments of things like food service, the cost to just buy the oil that runs the facilities yeah. and heats and cools. Mm-hmm. And I don't have time to get into an itemized list, but it is, it is significant to say the least, Tom. What are some of the challenges that we're dealing with?
1: Well, basically what you just said, really over the last 24 months, especially, uh, the cost of everything has gone through the ceiling. We own a publishing house, the cost of publishing books, everything has doubled in price. Uh, Everything that has to be shipped to us has basically uh, doubled. And part of that is the fuel, the shipping, freight, food yeah food uh, services went up, up uh, just an astronomical amount uh, last year uh, our bookkeepers are right now trying to figure out for us you know exactly what does it cost if you break it down what does it right. cost to send a kid to camp for a week yeah uh, and uh, so we've gotten those numbers are staggering this year and i know we're running short on time so let me just say that we are hoping that uh, our supporters will send a kid to camp uh, and the breakdown in cost is very large. Uh, just to break even, it costs $625 per kid for the week to break even. Right. Uh, and that's hoping and praying that nothing breaks down, it's got to be repaired. Maintenance is another one of those costs that have gone through the ceilings because of the price of everything from metal and whatever. And these but are very
0: specialized programs that require these special... Yes, counselors and people that come two to one, so it's two adults per child. But it
1: has to be two adults per child. They call that having you know one eyes on, so two eyes on. So there's always somebody watching that child, so they can't be alone with another adult. In addition to that, though, that all the adults that come, they do go through a series criminal training. background checks. They're specialized in terms of the training for the Royal Family Kids Camps, things like that. So uh, this this isn't just a bunch of volunteers, though they do volunteer right, their time, right. but we still have to feed them and That's take right. care of them. So what I would ask is if you would like to help, we're, we're up against the camping season as this show uh, airs. And if you'd like to help send a kid to camp, we need your help more than ever before to help these precious little children who have been abused. Some of them saved out of sex trafficking. Uh, Every one of them has a sad story to tell. But we're a bright spot in their lives. This is a place where these kids can come, be restored, be loved, be uh, believed in, where they can gain their confidence through the types of programs we develop. So if you would help us do that, go to skywatchtv.com. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a donate button. Click on that. It'll take you to the page in the store uh, where you'll see the send a kid to camp. Or you can just go to the store, skywatchtvstore.com, and you'll see the ad over there for Send a Kid to Camp. As much as you could help, please do something, you know, that causes you to have to stretch, a (laughs) sacrifice on your part, but for um, the most worthy cause to help these little children. Ladies and gentlemen, help us
0: Send a Kid to Camp We love you, we feel your prayers, your support, and we thank you because we could not do what we're doing without your support. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time for our special guest, Samantha Orr. I'm Joe Artis Horn. Keep your eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. We'll be back next week.